When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Undead Walking Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and we have reached the end of The Walking Dead Season 10. It is over after many months and many delays thanks to the pandemic and all of the uncertainty. We have finally finished season 10 and it's a bittersweet moment because that means we only have one season left, but let's look at it as the cup being half full. There are 24 episodes in that new season and we found out that the new season, season 11, will debut on August 22nd. So The countdown officially begins to the end, but it's a longer end than we're used to. So, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take those 24 episodes instead of 16. Not bad. Uh, So if you are joining us for this episode of the podcast, we are just coming out of the, the season finale, which was episode 1022, Here's Negan. And this was an episode that, as soon as they announced it, people were very excited, uh, especially comic book fans who have read Negan's story and and knew where he came from and what his story was. Uh, for fans of the show, fans who haven't read the comics, uh, it you know there's a lot of trepidation going into this episode. And Negan is a very polarizing character, and you know rightfully so not we're not going to minimize anything that that Negan has done or the decisions he's made but I do think it's important to acknowledge that this episode was not designed to um, absolve any of the things that he's done and I think that's you know in in my mind it's kind of a it's an interesting thing because he's been in prison for nine years whatever uh which really isn't enough to to absolve him of the of the crime that he committed, the crime, uh, you know, in killing Abraham and killing Glenn. Um, that's that pain is never going to go away. But in this world of The Walking Dead, it's hard. You know, justice is a hard thing. You know, do you keep someone locked up in this world who can be a fighter, who can be you know somebody who can who could potentially help you? You know, as we saw, you know, Carol enlisted Negan to help her take down the Whisperers, and he did. And, you know, he was, he played an integral role in doing that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. And so for a lot of people who were, you know, kind of looked at this episode as, as being something that was supposed to soften their, their views of Negan, in my opinion, you know, and obviously everybody has opinions on this, but my opinion is that it really wasn't meant to be that kind of an episode. It was just meant to tell the story of where he came from. 
one, because it's an interesting story, and two, because the story existed and a lot of people wanted to see it, and so this was the perfect time to tell it. Um, so later in this this podcast, we're going to get to an, uh, an interview that I did with showrunner Angela Kang, and we talk about the episode and break it down, and uh, you know, one of the questions I asked her was whether there was a director's cut of this episode, because it just seems, you know, such a a beautiful episode in terms of Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Hillary Burton Morgan's performances. I mean, it's, it's definitely one of the top episodes in my mind in terms of the acting and just the, 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 the essence of this episode. It was just so stunning and I'm really, it really blew me away. Um, so she talks about that and we talk about, you know, the, this episode following diverged and you know are there themes in these bonus episodes now that they've come to an end so you're gonna we're gonna jump to that pretty quick I uh, just kind of wanted to keep you know just just wanted to, to offer some thoughts on this episode because I do you know I, I've been kind of reading the the Twitter chatter and noticing that you know it's it's still it's a pretty even split I mean people aren't changing their minds towards Negan and I don't, you know, like I said, I don't think it was that kind of episode. It wasn't meant to change anybody's mind. It was just meant to tell the story. And I think that, that story is, is important because everybody has a story in this world. If you've made it this far, then your story matters. Like is not, you know, you don't have to celebrate Negan or, or you know, be his champion. Um, but his story does matter. And, um, you know, for me personally, you know, I, I talked last week about Diverged being a, an episode that struck me, you know, with all the stuff with my mom and, and, and all of that. And, you know, in, in dealing with grief and dealing with, you know, the, when you're dealing with, with trauma and, and trying to come out of that, like, you know, Diverged really showed what that was like. And um, this episode was different in my mind because this episode really challenges, you know, it, it, there's a lot of parallels with this episode to what's going on or what was going on at the peak of the pandemic when, you know, when you're thinking about people, you know, if you have family members who were dealing with a chronic illness or cancer or were going through treatments and weren't able to access the treatment that they should have been receiving because the hospitals were full of COVID patients. Um, you know, if you're following my story, that's kind of where we were with my mom. And, and, you know, I, I steadfastly believe that she'd still be around if she hadn't gone into the hospital when she did. Um, you know, so it's, it's weird because I found myself thinking about this episode, you know, not so much as Negan, the, the origins of Negan as a villain, but in my mind, it was looking at Negan as a person, you know, and, and, and he wasn't an angel. He wasn't a saint. He did some pretty messed up stuff. I mean, he he got into a fight. He was, you know, which was actually an honorable reason. Somebody was was insulting his wife. And so he got into a fight with this person and that led him to lose his job. And now he was kind of mooching off his wife while she was, you know, battling this disease and cheating on her with her best friend. And, you know, he was not an angel. Let's just put that one out there to be absolutely clear. Negan was no angel. But what I really have to highlight is the drive that he had to keep Lucille alive after the, the, the 
apocalypse started and, you know, going around, making sure that she had the treatments, making sure that he had a, a supply of these drugs, these chemotherapy drugs. And he had a plan in place. Like he was going to help her finish this treatment. And, um, if you can, if you're hearing that, that's actually the seagull that comes to visit us every, every day. So that's, that's what that, that noise is, if you're wondering what that was in the background. But, uh, the, you know, the important thing with, with that, and I, I think it's, it's just really worth highlighting that Negan is somebody who became who he was and is in the show now. Because when he was trying to save someone he loved, he wasn't able to do it because of the jerks of the world who prevented him from getting the treatment. You had, he had, the, the drugs were accessible and he knew it. He knew there were these, doc, these doctors traveling around trying to help people after the apocalypse broke out. He knew that he could get to them, but it was the people in this biker gang that prevented him from getting the drugs that he needed in time to save her. Now, we can also talk about the fact that I think Lucille knew she wasn't going to make it, and that's why she was saying, just stay with me, like, don't go, stay with me. And, you know, in fairness to Negan, he didn't want to hear that. And, you know, it's, just, it's easy to say, well, you know, he was a jerk, he should have stayed with her and, and done that. But at the same time, if he had done that, he knew that that was condemning her to death. The only way she had a fighting chance at survival was if he left. So that's one hell of a position to be put in, in any situation. I mean, that's like, you know, if you're if you have a family member who's in a car accident or something and, and the, the surgeon comes out and says, you know, I can do this surgery, but, you know, there's a really good chance they're not going to make it. You need to decide, you know, if, if they could die without it, they could die with it. It's going to be risky either way. These are not easy decisions to make. And so he made a decision that was guided, I think, by the right, the, the right, you know, it was guided. It was, it was a decision that he made with his heart. He wanted to keep his wife alive. He had all of that guilt in him for all of the shitty things he had done in, you know, in the span of, of their marriage. He, his intentions were good. It just all turned out really poorly. And that was the turning point that made him turn into this person that, that we know now. And so I think that that's a really interesting juxtaposition because he might not, you know, if, if you flip it, you know, it's one of those butterfly effect moments that, that, you know, Scott M. Gimple had talked about where what if Lucille hadn't died? What if he had gotten back in time and he was able to give her that treatment or he was able to bring one of those doctors back and, uh, the, you know, he was, he was able to do that. How would that have changed? Would that have changed anything? Would he be the, the, the terrible, you know, reviled leader of the saviors, if Lucille had survived? And I think that's an interesting question. And, and I think that it, it potentially could change a lot of things about what we know and, and what we think we know about Negan. But, um, you know, like I said, I, it doesn't, this story doesn't absolve anything that happened, but uh, that doesn't mean that we can't appreciate the art of the episode and, and the acting behind it. And, Hillary Burton Morgan is amazing. And, you know, if you've read uh, 
the rural diaries, uh, the, the book that she wrote about life on, on their farm, um, you know, she's, she's a tough, she is someone who's been through a lot and she's a fighter and she's strong and she's just, just such an inspiration. And so you can see so much of that strength come through her performance. And, uh, it's, it's just, a, it's a damn shame that they didn't have more, uh, more time. So that was kind of what got me, that was the motivation for that question of, uh, you know, is there a director's cut? Because, I would watch more. I mean, I think that it would be a great thing to see. I think I, I would love to know. I would love to know more about their story, but I would also love to know more about so many other characters' stories. I mean, my God, these bonus episodes have been so phenomenal in terms of, of getting to know characters more. And it makes me think of all of the stories I would have loved to have heard and seen. I, I would have loved to have had these stories and opportunities to tell them you know, can you imagine, I mean, having six bonus episodes at the end of every season where it's just bonus content that's out there kind of diving into these characters, it would be so amazing. And, uh, so we, t Angela and I talked about that too. And, and, you know, if that, if she ever looks back at stories that she wishes she could have told. So that's all in the interview. Um, I know you guys want to get right to that, so I'm not going to keep talking. I want to jump right into it. Uh, so here you go. This was, uh, this was my interview with Angela Kang talking about The Walking Dead 1022. Here's Negan. Hi, Angela. Hi, How are you, Angela? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm a little sad that we're at the end of this bonus episode journey. Oh, yeah, it, it went fast, right? Because yeah. it's a shorter block than usual. Yeah, yeah, and it just, every single episode just delivered something so special, and it's just, it's hard to believe it's over already. Oh, thanks, I'm, I'm glad you thought so. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, they've been, they've been so amazing, and um, I kind of wanted to ask as, because uh, I know we don't have a lot of time, but I wanted to, to kind of, now that we've seen them all, um, you know, I really noticed it's something that stood out to me between 1020, 1021 and 1022 is that those three episodes were really tied together thematically in a way that it stood out to me. And I was just wondering if that was something that that was kind of intentional that, you know, they played with mental health and, and grief and coping and they just they paired so well together. Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely. We um I think that we really felt like this, you know, they're in the aftermath of this horrific um, whisperer war. Um, you know, Carol, we saw so much of the, the conflict emotionally through her character, and there's just this, like, this exhaustion and this um, sense of this weight has been lifted, and yet there's all this stuff to clean up and it's sort of like almost physically has manifested itself and what they've got to do at Alexandria, but they're all trying to figure out how to, how to pick themselves up. And I think, um, for us writing the show, we think a lot about these issues for our characters that, you know, that humans are ultimately, there are violent humans and there's violence in our society, but we're not really, built to, to cope with it and so all of these survivors they're just they're having to kill zombies humans constantly and that that takes a toll 
um, how could it not? And so I think that was something that we really wanted to kind of take a little moment to, to deal with with them. Um, and I think also like those traumas are, are things that affect the way that they're thinking about things, the way that they're behaving, the sort of the guilt that they feel, the depression that they cope with, like all of those those things that are churning. And so it, it just felt like it was sort of the right um, arena to, to delve into that when you're doing these more sort of focused character pieces, you know, where we're not doing tons of like gigantic action sequences or whatever. It's really just about the people and like where they're living within their own heads. Definitely, definitely. And with, you know, Here's Negan is such a is such a brilliant episode and I know people have been really excited about it for a while um and I'm just wondering like did you did you at all feel like there wasn't enough time to get everything into that story or like you know I mean now that everybody's so excited about the Snyder cut like it's would there ever be a director's cut of this episode with maybe more stuff that didn't make it into the episode because it just seems like there's so many things packed into this episode that maybe there's a little more that didn't make it in so, you know what's funny is we actually, I, yes, I wish we could have done a, like a two-hour movie of this, but we've made most of our cuts at the, the script level because um, we, had, we already had so much material that we took days out of the schedule of some of the other episodes to, to really let this one um, have the resources it need, needed to be done um, correctly. So I assumed that we would do a cut down and then do a separate like extended cut, but we wound up um, loving it so much that almost everything made it in in one form or another. There's like there were little trims here and there, but for the most part, this is this is what we have of the episode. But yeah, I, I would have loved to have done a huge extended version of of this story because there's so much backstory we couldn't even fit in. And there's some truly beautiful scenes that were written that we never um, even had the chance to um, film. So um, I don't know, maybe those might make their way out into the world somehow in some form. But um, but yeah, there's there's so much about Megan's backstory we still haven't seen and, and don't know, you know. But we felt like this story about Lucille was what we could kind of manage in this episode and, and what was most emotionally meaningful for him. Definitely. Were there elements of the comics that were more like, because it, it's kind of an, an interesting blend between comics and original content, and, you know, I think it's going to play to both of those groups. Were there things that were really, that you felt really strongly needed to be in there, and then areas where you felt you, like you could take some liberty and, and develop in, in different ways that, that may not be true to the comics, but are more true to, uh, you know, Negan's story in the, within the show universe? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the there were some things from the comics that we realized, like, you know what, we really can't do this exactly as written in the comic because we've already told some of these stories or done versions of these beats in a different way um, in the show already, like in other in other episodes. So, like, we've got to find a different way to kind of tell this story. And what we knew we wanted to hit was like we obviously. We wanted to hit Lucille, but that was one place where we really took a liberty with the timeline of her illness, um, and that was just from a pitch from um, the writer, um, David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, as well as the room. They were like, well, what if we kind of move the illness like into 
um, the apocalypse itself, it would just give it this extra layer of danger the whole time. And um, so that was something that we changed. But, you know, and Lucille is like barely in the comic. And we knew that we wanted to expand her and, and give her a second where she has like more of her own point of view in the story. And we knew that we wanted to have him and his mistress um, Janine, although, you know, we didn't do a scene with it, but, you know, it's like we never saw him in that affair. We found that story out from Lucille's point of view because we thought that, that it was important to show that Negan was no angel before the apocalypse. It's, he definitely wasn't a guy that was running around murdering people or whatever, but, it's you know, he's a guy who's made mistakes in his life and has some regrets. So I think that that was important. And then we definitely wanted to, I was like, we have to do the, the bat that he does a funeral for the bat and like, you know, finds the bat and that, you know, that there is sort of like a reckoning with like why he named the bat, what he did and like, but more importantly, what it means to him. And so we kind of had these like little moments, but then we had to construct it all within the mythology of the show. Like what had happened to that bat Lucille in our show and like, what you know where he's at and like what he's struggling with in the present and and all of that um and then um you know and really the structure of it is unique to the show too and that was again a pitch from the writer who was like well you know because i have a thing about like if you're going to do a story about the past it has to also tell you something important for the, the present otherwise like you're just doing a past story um so i, I think that the way that my writer thought it would work is like well Negan is a bullshitter he likes to tell stories so it's a story within a story within a story like you know like a thousand and one Arabian Nights but it's like it's his own version of like just these nesting stories that unnest themselves so that that's all kind of an original structure to to the show and you know for, for the reason of we've got to tie it into what's happening now Angela, if you looking back on your tenure on the show, now that you've done these bonus episodes, do you wish that you could have done more? Do you think, like, is that something that would have been fun to explore other characters in in this way if you'd had the opportunity? I mean, yeah, I, like we we like doing sometimes these like very focused um, episodes on characters, and that's always sort of been part of the show. We've never gotten to do like such a extended stretch of them like in this way. Although, like in season. In the the second block, we did do a lot of these kind of like um, here's like two characters off by themselves. I had written the episode um, still with Daryl and Beth where they burned down a cabin in season four, and I feel like that's sort of in the same vein that this type of of story. So we like I'll say that the writers and I always enjoy doing this type of story when we can. It's just that usually like we want to be able to kind of like service the ensemble as a whole and you know move a lot of pieces forward so we rarely get to like just do like here's a story about two people or about like really like one person and and what they're going through so it it was a pleasure to write although it was definitely a challenge with all this sort of like production um uh the production box that we were in during this time but um yeah i mean i guess like my general answer is if they'd been like oh like do like do more of these like you know there's no lack of stories we could have told with different characters but we'll find ways in season 11 to do some storylines that are a little more um, focused like this although not quite like only that storyline um but yeah we we definitely had fun doing these for sure oh, 
that's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk and just congratulations. It was a great, it, it was a great set of episodes and, and I can't wait to see what's coming up. Thank you. So good to connect with you. I'm so glad you enjoyed them and, and, and thank you. All right. That was a, it was a fun interview. It's always a pleasure talking with Angela Kang about The Walking Dead and her passion certainly shows through, you know, when, when she's talking about the show and, and, and she's just, it's such a, it's so refreshing to talk to somebody who just loves, you can just tell she loves every aspect of her job and knowing that she was, you know, she had a hand in those early episodes that she's been around for so many seasons. It really just, it, it, it reminds you of just how lucky we are as, as, um, as fans to have, you know, to have her there. So, um, so I was really, really happy to be able to talk with her about this episode. And I look forward to speaking with her again, as we get closer to August and as new information is announced. And obviously they're filming the show right now. So I can imagine that that we'll be getting some new, uh, some updates pretty soon. And uh, as usual, we'll keep you posted on the podcast. So, uh, so yeah, we are going to be talking a lot about Fear the Walking Dead as we transition from The Walking Dead to Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, the mid-season, what was supposed to be the mid-season finale that's now the mid-season premiere of season six is available now on AMC Plus if you have it. Uh, and it will also be, uh, it'll air on April 11th if you don't have AMC Plus. Uh, this is an episode where you don't want to have it spoiled. And I have a feeling that a lot of people are gonna gonna see things that they didn't want to see because it's out for a week before it lands on network television. So if you don't want to get spoiled, I would watch the episode as soon as possible. It's an amazing episode. It was directed by Michael E. Satrazimus, and um, the director of photography, Adam Shushitsky, is absolutely brilliant. And it's it's probably one of my favorite episodes of. The Walking Dead universe, and that's not an exaggeration. It's just, it's a beautiful, visually stunning episode. So I think everybody's going to really like that, and it's going to really kick off what's coming in the back half of season six. So we'll be talking about that this week. And uh, so, yeah, so that is a wrap on The Walking Dead season 10. And now we're moving into Fear the Walking Dead. So there's a lot to look forward to still, and there's going to be a lot coming up in the next couple weeks, in the next months. So make sure that you are, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sarah Beth Pollock. And if you ever have any questions or want me to address anything during the podcast, make sure you, uh, you can send those. You can leave messages, uh, leave us a review, uh, message me on Twitter, um, yeah, and I just want to thank everybody for listening, and um, you know, thank you for your support. And you know, it's 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 because I'm a fan that I do this, and so I I really appreciate you know having other fans let me know when they you know when they listen, and and I do read all the messages and just really appreciate the support. So thank you to everybody. It's been a fun ride for The Walking Dead season ten, but I'm really excited to see what comes up next. And uh, so I'm going to leave it with that. And as always, just want to remind you to wash your hands, stay safe, and watch out for those walkers. Thanks, everybody.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.